Hello everybody, my name's Darren and I write a blog called A Demon's Voice. It's about movies and shit like that. How are you all? Oh, I should say, it's at demonsvoice.blogspot.com and I'm also on Twitter at Demon's Voice, which you should definitely follow me because why the fuck not? Anyway, how are you? I hope you're all well, even though everything is shit and the world has gone fucking mad right now. It's just, I mean, we're at the end of the world, aren't we? Like, everything about life has jumped the shark, it's ridiculous. I read the news, or read in the news, I read the news the other day and I saw that... America was tearing itself apart because a policeman had murdered an innocent black guy by kneeling on his neck. Michael Gove, a British politician, had accidentally started liking porn from his official Twitter account. A monkey had stolen samples of coronavirus from a lab, and Hitler's pet alligator had just died. That's just too much news, isn't it? Any one of those stories is a year's worth of news in itself. How is one human brain supposed to cope with all of that? I mean, we can see how Michael Gove is coping with it, and it's by tugging one out. But what about the rest of us? Well, yeah, I mean, porn as well, obviously, but... And I understand that all of this news is intentional, and that by bombarding us with so much information, we're left feeling useless and helpless in the face of it all. Like, King Canute trying to hold back the tide, or my friend Graham when he was miles from home and suddenly had to hold in a bad case of diarrhoea. You feel an overwhelming sense of pressure, and you realise it's nothing you can do, and you just shit yourself, that's all that there is. But, you know... On the flip side, we're told that there's some good news, which is nice, because with human activity restricted by the coronavirus, the earth is beginning to heal, and it's true. I was out jogging the other day, and as I stopped for a breath, for a breath in a little country lane, a crow flew down and landed on a wall just two foot, from, uh, two foot behind me. The earth is healing, nature is getting cocky, and I had to roundhouse kick that little shit into the road to remind him whose species is in charge. I was at home the other day too, and I happened to go out in the back about, I don't know, midnight, and suddenly there was a massive hedgehog in the garden, and, you know, I don't mean to exaggerate, but it was fucking huge. It was like a baby bear. I saw that hedgehog, and I suddenly imagined Werner Herzog narrating a documentary about my death. So I went back inside to get it some dog biscuits to feed it with, because I'd read that they're allowed dog biscuits, and when I came back outside, a second hedgehog had just turned up to join in. I don't know what was going on, maybe they'd met up to do some midnight dogging, and suddenly I was there providing snacks for them like a fucking mug. But I gave them the dog biscuits, and then I gave them a plate of water, and I thought, oh, that's my good deed done for the day. Then I remembered how difficult the shopping is during this lockdown, and I had just fattened those two hedgehogs up, and so I thought, fuck it, I ate them. That's where we are now. Police are murdering black people, Michael Gove is publicly wanking, monkeys are stealing lab samples, Hitler's pet alligator has died, and now I'm eating fucking hedgehogs. The world is crazy, and yet I was still able to identify Netflix's new film, The Wrong Missy, for the piece of shit that it is. That is the film that I am about to talk to you about now, and so sit back and allow me to ramble. Cheers! Netflix's The Wrong Missy begins with David Spade being mocked by Missy, the blind date that he's agreed to meet up with because he doesn't drink alcohol. Well, I don't drink alcohol either, although by the end of this fucking god-awful piece of shit movie, I'd have been fully prepared to shoot heroin straight into my fucking dick if there was a chance that it would help me to forget. Nobody wants to make a bad film, but this one is so fucking shitty that I honestly can't imagine that anybody involved had any intention of making a good one either. Lauren Lapkus plays the title character of The Wrong Missy, and manages to give such an offensively irritating performance that you start to wonder if the actress might not actually be from our fucking planet. Surely a genuine member of our own species wouldn't have such little insight into what it is to be a human that this would be the best they could come up with. Imagine simple Jack crossed with a rapist that's been given amphetamines and after being kicked in the head by a fucking horse, and you're close to the horror show of what her performance is. 
If Lauren Lapkus is an alien, then what she does here should be considered a declaration of war to which I suggest preemptively nuking every planet within our fucking solar system in response. David Spade's character is equally disturbed by her character and so decides to try and escape from his date by sneaking out of the bathroom window. Despite what we mere mortals might think when looking at that tiny gremlin of a man, this film treats David Spade as an actual living Adonis for which the fairer sex can do all but resist. Throughout the entirety of The Wrong Missy, women continue to hurl themselves at him vagina first as I sat at home spraying vomit up the fucking walls. After this first disastrous date, Spade quite literally bumps into another woman called Missy. Unlike David Spade, this woman is actually good looking with her character turning out to be a supermodel. Somehow, they end up on a date with each other too. I'm not sure how, I assume there was a scene missing in which he bashed her about the head until reality stopped having importance to her. Reality certainly didn't seem to have very much importance to the person that wrote this film script anyway. This date with the second Missy goes much more positively with it ending as the supermodel tries to fuck David Spade in a small closet. Now I hate to be mean, but no. Just no. I know that there's more to coupling than how physically attractive one person might be, but even Spade's personality is somewhat fucking lacking here. I think he's meant to be playing a sort of everyman type character, but only in the sense that I spent most of the movie imagining what it'd be like to see everyman kick his fucking teeth in. He's really fucking creepy here, and he has such little consideration for anybody beyond himself that he is one tragic backstory away from being a Batman villain. Do I believe that a supermodel would be trying to have sex with him within hours of having met him? No. The only fucking way he'd get to talk to her in real life is if he trapped her down his fucking well, and the only way that the sinister little bastard is going to find himself inside of her is after he's flayed off her skin and started wearing it like a fucking dress. From here, Spade begins to plan for a company getaway for which he's told that he's welcome to bring along a partner if he wants to do so. I don't know what Spade's company does, maybe it was mentioned, but all I could tell was that it makes a lot of money and that its entire staff, bar none, seem to consist of the worst kind of hateful cunts that you can imagine. If this company isn't a front for the child sex trade, then based on the people involved in it, that's only because they aren't even trying to hide what they do. Of course, Spade texts the wrong Missy and accidentally invites the human little genital water irritation that was the first one on the trip, instead of the supermodel one that he intended. And of course he doesn't find out until she sits next to him on the plane, and it's too late to send her home. Nor could he send her home regardless because of how we're told that depression had pushed her towards suicide before he invited her away and gave her a reason to live. Now... Ignoring how offensively flippant this film treats the subject of mental illness and the desire to end your own life, are you actually fucking kidding me with that? Being a motivation? You are about to jump off a bridge and it's an invitation to go on holiday with David Spade that convinces you against doing it. If I was having the best day ever and I got a text off him, I'd throw myself straight in front of traffic out of sheer fucking reflex. And what? He's going to take her on holiday because he doesn't want her to kill herself. If I so much as had to sit next to her as a stranger on an aeroplane, then within minutes I'd be kicking the fucking door into the cockpit to fly that fucking plane straight into the side of a fucking mountain. It's also worth noting, too, that Spade also has an ex-wife that we're told he still has feelings for and who will, coincidentally, also happen to be at this corporate getaway. So his other motivation for keeping the wrong Missy around is in order to make her jealous, I guess. Or at least the alleged comedy comes from trying to keep the wrong Missy from showing him up in front of his ex. Although, if I was David Spade and trying to avoid embarrassment, it'd be my filmography that I'd be more ashamed of than the woman stood next to me. At the same time as trying to balance these two women, the supermodel Missy starts to text him about when she's going to be able to see him again. I mean, what is going on? Why are all these women throwing themselves at that little fucking dweeb? Is David Spade writing his own fan fiction, and through some administrative error, Netflix has ended up funding it? Is he fucking dying? 
Is this movie David Spade's make-a-wish request in order for him to get off with all these insanely attractive women? Again, though, it's worth reiterating that as shallow as I might be sounding now for lingering on the imbalance of attractiveness, his character is genuinely horrible and a self-centered twat. Every joke in the movie involves him trying to hide his association with the wrong Missy under the belief that she's not good enough for him. At one point, he does actually have sex with the wrong Missy, because I guess Spade had it in his contract that all of the female characters would have to touch his dick. And as they're banging, she tells him that she knows he's picturing a different woman, but that she doesn't mind because she's also picturing a different man. It was at this point that I realised how fucking jealous of them both I was, as I too was desperately trying to imagine that I was watching two different characters, and if possible, in a different fucking film. Like spotting a few drops of blood in your own puddle of rancid diarrhoea though, we were about halfway through this piece of shit film before Rob Schneider turned up to prove that things are always capable of getting worse. Perhaps you'll like this film. Some people like getting tied up and kicked in the balls, so what the fuck do I know? But my face throughout this comedy was not one of joy but rather a picture of pure horror. Imagine Nan's face if you tried to explain the plot of the human centipede to her before asking to touch her anus with your own tongue and that's pretty much the face I was pulling throughout this too. Insanely Tyler Spindle, who, the director of The Wrong Missy, graduated from Harvard University before touring as a stand-up comedian. Apparently. So if we're to assume that that's true, then how in the living fuck has he managed to shit this monstrosity out into the world? Because it doesn't take a genius with anything more than a half-decent understanding of comedy to know that The Wrong Missy is truly fucking terrible. If Tyler Spindle's friends or relatives end up watching this movie, then I hope that they check in on him immediately because somebody is clearly making him act against his own will. Or perhaps Tyler Spindle should be told that one of his worst enemies has made an intentionally terrible movie and then put his name on it in an effort to destroy his career. But only a few weeks ago I had to have my dog of almost 15 years put to sleep, and as it was happening I could feel a little bit of my soul being shattered through pain and heartbreak. Her name was Missy too, and every single time that her name was mentioned throughout this fucking piece of shit film, I felt a little bit more of her memory had being sullied through association. Thanks for listening motherfuckers, and see you next time.